0: Hi, you are listening to episode twenty nine of Vacy Geek Girls. I am Preeti Chipper.
1: and I am Swapna Krishna, and we are recording on Tuesday, August twenty eighth.
0: Oh, it's been a crazy summer. It
1: has. We've been. I feel like we've been trying to get this recorded for like a month, for, since like the beginning of August, and just yeah. both of our schedules have been a little bit, a little bit
0: busy. So a before, lot of August has been a lot of really bad luck. Yeah. I came home very suddenly to to my parents' home. Um, in the middle of August on I think like two days after we were supposed to record because of stuff that was happening mm-hmm. and so that that's part of the reason we're so late on this yes
1: my bad uh, well also like I like I am have no energy and it's so hot again like last week it was so nice and I was hoping like that would that would like continue but it's so hot again and I'm very pregnant, and it is just very <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm it's like, true. I can see her. She's super pregnant. I know. Like, and it's, I'm only seven months, so I've still got like two more months to go, but like, I feel so big and unwieldy and like, just like in constant pain, like back pain and like, like it's just, anyway, this isn't a, this isn't a complaints <laughs> about being pregnant podcast, but it could be because I could talk about it for like hours how much how uncomfortable it is. But, in that note, I'm um, just or in that vein just a note that we're going to go on a kind of non-regular recording schedule starting in October just because I'm pregnant and we I uh, – no idea how it's all going to work or what's going to happen. I'm not due till kind of mid to the end of November, but um I did not realize how tired I would be all the time and so mm-hmm. it's just like it takes twice as long to get anything done. So like just even like treading water with work has been difficult. So, yeah, so erratic recording schedule starting in October, but hopefully by February we'll be back to normal.
0: Yeah, we should be, and I mean, depending on everything. Yeah, so um, um, that's fingers
1: crossed. But just so everyone knows, if we disappear for, like, a month or two, that does not mean we don't love you all and that the podcast is over. It just means that I'm very, very cranky
0: is what that means. <laughs> Probably because my baby is not sleeping or something. So, um, uh, So in our – Month and a half. Long oh God! Action. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> so much has happened. Bear with us. Oh my gosh! So we have like a list of of we tried to pick out you know like a few of the mo- most interesting stories to us. Like we know we are not covering everything, but like obviously one of the biggest things to come out this summer is the Star Wars Resistance trailer. Woo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited the about tiniest it. Tiniest woo. I know. I was I was in the middle of a yawn when she st- and then I was like I was like saying the woo on the end of the yawn and so, <laughs> and so it I am more excited than that. But you're yes, we we both
0: very excited. The trailer looks really fun. It does. I love the animation. I love the like cell shaded sort of mm-hmm. animation look they're going mm-hmm. for, which is so different than Clone Wars and different than Rebels. Yeah. And I really just liked, it seems like a,
1: it seems like the kind of like, it's not a Rogue Squadron movie, but it seems like the kind of Rogue Squadron movie we've wanted and haven't, or like, not movie, TV show, we've all kind of wanted and not really got, like, it seems, it seems like a lot of fun. Like, you don't get a lot of information about the plot. Um, from the trailer but you do know like the main character is working as a spy for the resistance and like trying to figure out like who sympathizes with the resistance versus who is not necessarily working for the first order but doesn't sympathize with the resistance versus you know you know sympathizing um, Mm -hmm. with the first order um so it sounds like a really interesting um premise and then the setting we're gonna i think we're gonna get a lot of like development of the resistance and development of the first order. We're going to get a lot of stuff in that vein. And I think it's going to be a lot of interesting like universe building that we haven't gotten yet about that time period. I'm excited
0: about it. Like Mm -hmm. I love the idea of a star Wars spy thriller. Yes. You know, like this, I, this, like, I'm excited about seeing the spy thriller side of things and, and getting to see what it's like bringing that genre into star wars right basically right i think is going to be really really exciting and cool um and, then and christopher re- sean is the lead voice i was gonna say i don't i don't remember
1: i don't know i don't remember his name in the show but he i think is going to bring in just judging from the trailer is going to bring an enthusiasm and a lightheartedness to a series mm-hmm. that is otherwise probably going to be pretty like it's going to deal with some serious topics and themes um, but like, it's clear that they're also going to have fun with it because you know it is a cartoon. It is aimed at yeah. more than just adults, and so it should it shouldn't be dark and gritty, and it's not going to and, be. And Star Wars
0: is Star Wars is a it's children's. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's depth to it, and there are layers to it, but it is a franchise that is aimed at being as accessible for children as it is for adults, yes. right? It like, is, yeah. So, of course, this is going to do the same thing that Rebels and Clone Wars did, which was balance the children-focused aspects of it and have this depth for adults who are also watching, I would hope. Yes.
1: So, and then in more Star Wars news, there's a lot of Star Wars news.
0: There is a lot of of Star Wars stuff that happened this summer. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, two new books were announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. I mean, a a few things were announced at San Diego Comic-Con, but, uh, two of the books we're really excited about are Padme, the new E.K. Johnston YA novel that comes out in March, I believe. Sounds right. Um, and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, the new Claudia Gray, which is also so exciting because Claudia Gray, both Johnston and Claudia Gray have an amazing grasp on the Star Wars world yeah. and the characterizations of these people. Yep. And
1: um, since Preeti is still at her parents and her parents her <laughs> mom's dog is is in the is, is right now just looking for some cuddles slash asking why are you making so much noise while I'm trying to sleep and it's so <laughs> cute and I can't think. Okay. Sorry. Um, no, he's so cute. His name is Darcy. And if you do not know Darcy, you should follow Prithi on Twitter because she's been sharing some excellent Darcy um, photographs as as she and uh, Darcy read Harry Potter together, which I think she'll get into later in the episode. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about these for multiple reasons. Claudia Gray has talked about how she wants to write a Qui-Gon novel for like ever. So um mm-hmm. That's really good. I think it's interesting that they're leaning so hard into the prequels right now, yeah.
0: like I mean, I guess until until this story is done, yeah, for post, you know, because anything they write that takes place in between, I guess um, six and seven, they're not going to write it basically right. right now. It, it'll have ramifications on nine, right. Yeah.
1: So like it's very I so, think Bloodline it might be the only book we've gotten set during that time frame. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um and so yeah, so it's gonna be a while yet. Oh, and then like the legends of Luke Skywalker, I guess, but that wasn't uh, really, that doesn't really Yeah, count. it's it's not really a it's more of a like a myths and
0: legends type book than like yeah. an actual like, like very where it's like, I heard this about Luke Skywalker. Right. I heard this about Luke Skywalker, and you're like well, what's the truth, though?
1: Yeah. And I know, I know some people absolutely loved it. Um, I liked some of the yeah. stories in it, but, like... I like some of the stories. I don't think it was... I think my frustration with it, it wasn't exactly s- marketed. The way it was yes. marketed did not... It seemed like we were getting a Luke Skywalker book, not a book I about, agree. like, the legend around Luke Skywalker, and it makes 100% sense now, having seen The Last Jedi, why mm-hmm. they would do a book like that. Um, because you needed to, like, you know, hype up the legend around him and, like, see what kind of, you know, force he was, like, when he was around. But um, anyway, so yeah, so we've got those two books coming. And then in yeah. Star Wars 9 casting, Dom Moynihan and uh, Matt Smith have both been announced as
0: <sighs> yeah. in Star Wars Episode 9. Which is, uh, like, I'm excited. So also, Carrie Russell was announced in yes, um, the yeah, summer, and, am. you know, the. The biggest announcement, I think, is um, obviously we're getting Lando back, which is super, yep. super exciting. But with every casting announcement, I'm kind of like, all right, guys, could we're you us some people of color, please? Yeah. Yep. Like, I'm so excited to be posting like garbage, trash posts that are Lord of the Rings, Star Wars memes. <laughs> thanks to Dominic Oh Monty my god, and Lando no. cast. Oh, but like.
1: Come on, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. Like, I just. I'm kind of not paying attention right now, a lot of attention yeah. to the Star Wars episode 9 stuff, just because it is far away and like. My attention span is so short. It is so
0: far away. Yeah,
1: I just don't have the, like, bandwidth to, like, deal with it. Like, I'll probably start paying attention to it when the first teaser comes out, because that's usually what I do. And and we'll dissect it, don't worry. Oh, yeah. But that being said, like, <laughs> I am excited. Like, I love Don Monaghan so much. I think he's really yes. underutilized as an actor. I think he has a lot of range. I think he's just really good. Um, but I would love to see more, especially women of color,
0: Yes, agreed. I think Naomi Aki has been cast, but mm-hmm. I don't know in what so, capacity. Um, it would be really nice, and that, that's all I'm saying. But we, that's we, all we I'm are saying, still we are excited. We are still excited. Um, we are still excited. And then, and then the other biggest thing. That yeah, comes out of San Diego Comic Con. There's so much. There's so much. This. So I missed the announcement. Yes. And Subno was kind enough to text me while I was standing she in was, line to go into a press room. I think, I think what people don't get about, like, cons, whether it's Star Wars
1: Celebration or New York Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con, is that if you're there, unless you are in the panel where the thing is being announced, you are the last person to know.
0: Yep. Like,
1: you don't <laughs> – there's no, like, news service that, like, they don't, like – broadcast like there's like a there's like a courier running around yeah like, here like, you, just, here you. like some people are like oh you have to uh-huh. be on site to report I'm like it's a lot more effective I think I think for like you know live panel stuff and stuff like that yeah absolutely being on site is important but if you're just reporting news it's a lot more
0: effective yep. to be at home yes Agreed. I had no idea, and I'm, like, in line to get into this press room to do some interview or something, and I get these texts from Swapna, and all I can do is, like, button smash. Yeah. Whatever the equivalent of, like, button smashing on my iPhone is to Swapna. i be like, oh, my God. Cause because I was like, there's a new season. season of The Clone Wars. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm so <gasps> excited. So we have talked a
1: lot about how Clone Wars ended before um, – before it was cancelled before they could bring it to the ending that they wanted to. And how mm-hmm. Dave Maloney, I think, and the team uh expressed a lot of that, you know, frustration and tried to close some of those storylines in Rebels and how it made Rebels a little more difficult to stand on its own. Yeah. Because of that. So I'm really excited that they're getting the chance now. And I believe it is one final season. I don't think they're planning on um I might be wrong about that, but from what I've read it's just one season. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're not, you know, it's not going to be like they're bringing the full show back, but just, um, to kind of wrap up the storylines that, um, were missed. And I'm really, really excited to see what, what they cover.
0: And what we can get from Ahsoka Tano, who I still, to this day, don't feel like she is, I think she's supported by fandom, but I feel like from a story basis she could be getting so much more because there's so much out of her life that we don't know yeah barring um the snippets we get of her in Rebels and the uh E.K. Johnston YA novel which is incredible yeah. and if you haven't read it like is a must read so I want more Ahsoka mm-hmm. always
1: yeah and so I'm hoping that this will show Ahsoka after she um if you haven't seen Clone Wars, spoiler alert, if you, um, after she leaves the Jedi Order at the end of the Clone Wars series, um, this will show um, kind of her as like a, like she goes basically freelances for the Jedi Order as a general and like leads clones into battle and stuff like that. So she still kind of does that work and I'm hoping we can see some of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, Same. I'm I'm excited to see what her relationship with Anakin is like mm-hmm. after. I'm also
1: excited to see the relationship between Anakin and Padme because the re- that really <laughs> started crumbling in those last season. That last oh, season. It's going
0: to be so full of angst. Yeah, there's going to be
1: so much angst, and there's he's going to be so angry, like A N G R E H, like angry, like he is going to be such an angry boy, and like <laughs>
0: he's going to be such an angry boy. Like
1: I'm, I'm really excited because, like, I know it seems so weird to be like I'm really excited to see this relationship that I absolutely love from the Clone Wars crumble, but it's more I need like the the leap between there's still a little bit of a leap with them too mm-hmm. between the end of clone wars and revenge of the sith and i i, I want to get there yeah i agree um i agree and so there's a lot i want to see so we did get a question um about asking about what episodes of the clone wars should you we watch before um, if we have, like, recommended episodes to watch before um, the new final season comes out. And honestly, that's really hard just because mm-hmm. we don't know what the final season will focus on. Like, we don't know. Yes, yeah, so it's
0: hard to tell you what to watch. Right. Because we don't know if, like, if... Like, do you need to watch the Mandalore stuff? Like, I don't know.
1: I think the Mandalore stuff, maybe. I think that might be important. Yeah. But, like... Or do you need to just watch like Ahsoka's? Will there be a lot of Ahsoka? So you need to watch Ahsoka's arc, Um, or Mm -hmm. is there like you know? Are they? I don't think this will happen. Are they gonna? But are they gonna go back to Mortis? You know. If so, do you need to watch the Mortis episodes? Right. But like, there's a there's just that show. It's you know, it's five seasons. It encompasses so much. Um, So I think getting closer once we get some episode descriptions and they start talking a little more about what this season. Will entail, um, we'll be able to make better recommendations. But right now, it's yes. just, right now, honestly, I feel like both of our recommendations is the entire thing minus the Jar Jar Banks
0: episodes. Yeah, you don't need to watch the Jar Jar Banks focused episodes. Yeah. They're so boring.
1: But everything else is pretty important.
0: Yeah. Um, but you can always, we'll put a link to a um, Kotaku piece on. Episodes to watch in the Clone Wars, the essential Clone Wars episodes. But it's a really long um, list, so I don't feel like their <laughs> philosophy is much different than our philosophy. So, like, just watch everything. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, basically. Um, and that's not helpful, and I recognize that, and I'm sorry. But, like, sorry. I, I, I don't know what to, like, right now. Hopefully, like I said, once um, we get some, a little more information about what they'll be focusing on, oh, we can do a little better.
0: yes. Yes. And Um, maybe even, like, after we've watched through the first season, that that final season, we'll be able to gather our thoughts a little better. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it has been a while, too, for both of us. And so it's hard to, like, pinpoint where stuff that we've learned about the, you know, Clone Wars overall has come from. Like, Mm -hmm. what episode you, you know, and that type of stuff. So, Um, But yeah, once it gets closer, I think it's supposed to premiere next year, so on disney's streaming service uh, i know
0: so how many streaming services I you know. to sign up
1: for so they have said that it will be less expensive than netflix because there will basically be less content which makes sense and is true um so i don't know we'll see we'll see how that goes I know. I don't like it. (laughs) But um, but on to something you do like. I do like. So they announce, (laughs) oh my god, like, okay, can I talk about this without crying? Here's the question. Okay, so um, Star Trek Las Vegas is like the big um, Star Trek convention every year. And it's kind of since the kind of renaissance of Star Trek, you know, like with the renaissance of Star Trek, with uh, Star Trek Discovery, um, it's kind of risen in prominence once again like think of the difference between of celebration um you know pre the announcement of the force awakens versus you know post like star wars celebration is a completely different animal between those two and same thing i think i feel like it's the same thing with uh S- star wars celebration is this star trek las vegas i'm not sure if i switched those while i was talking because pregnancy brain <laughs> which is a real thing
0: so anyway, you mean
1: Star Trek Las Vegas? Um, so they made some really interesting annou- Star Trek announcements, as you can imagine. There, but the one that like took over the internet was that um, Patrick Stewart will be returning to the Star Trek franchise <laughs> in the role of Jean Luc Picard, and there will be a brand new series about the character. We don't know. That is literally all we know. The only other thing we know is that it will be set twenty years after the events of Star Trek Nemesis. So that's all we know. Um, Star Trek Nemesis was the last next gen movie, um, very subpar. But I think it was Tom Hardy's first acting role or major acting role. So really, yeah, I think so. Huh? Yeah, Um, and he's adorable in it. Um, Plays the you know like he's he's adorable, but the movie's terrible. Um, (laughs) But I am real as you can imagine. I am like so over the moon excited for multiple reasons. First of all, I think this is, I I wrote an entire article about this on Sci-Fi that I'll link, but um, that I think that this is a great move, second move for them. Like, they needed to establish something different, which they did with Discovery, and now they can kind of go back and draw nostalgia. Like, I think that's a great move. He's like, one of the most popular, I feel like he's one of the most popular sci-fi characters in history. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's just Captain Picard. Everyone, even if you're not a Star Trek fan, loves Captain, loves Patrick Stewart, loves, you know, kind of Captain Picard. And, like, dude, things are rough right now. Like, the world's a rough place, and a lot of us learned morality and, you know, like, how to treat each other and the way to value other people. Like, we learn that stuff from... From Star Trek The Next Generation, I did. Yes. And I learned, yes. like, my values, and I learned that, like, you know, it's important to put other, you know, to take into account the other people, you know, diversity is important. Like, all these is- values came from that show. So I think it's, mm-hmm. like, a great, like, we need this right now.
0: Yes, I agree. So
1: I don't know what form it'll take. It will be on CBS All Access. So for those of you who keep asking me when Star Trek Discovery will come to Netflix, the answer is Never. Um, I really at this point don't think they're going to put it because it's such a success on their own, and then now they're branching out to all these other shows. There's really no reason for there's mm-hmm. no one ins- if, they, if they're if they're basically um, if they're basically running CBS All Access on Star Trek, like if that's like the home of Star Trek, there's no reason for them to put it on other uh, like other streaming services. Um. So and if they're smart, which they have been thus far for the most part. Um, they'll stagger these shows, so you can't just, like, sign up for, you know, like, yeah. they're not going to run them concurrently. They'll run them. They'll stagger them. But, so, um, I do sympathize with everyone. As as we were just complaining, like, three minutes ago, <laughs> that does not want to sign up for another um, streaming service, my advice would be, if you haven't watched season, season two of Discovery is premiering early next year, um, I would just, you know... Sign up for a month. They're gonna and they're going to, to divide it. I'm, I talked a little bit about this. I think on our previous episode, how there's been conflict in the writers' rooms. So they're gonna air five episodes and then go on hiatus. So like, you can just sign up, binge the five episodes, and then sign up later and then binge whatever's left. And then hopefully by then, the Captain Picard series will at least have some dates. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's not great. But the good news is, Captain Picard
0: series. Even I'm excited about this. Like I'm not. I've seen, as you know, some Star Trek. We we talked about the next ten episodes. I watched that you wanted me to watch, which was great. Um, But I do love Captain Picard. He's like, how could
1: you not? So good. Like, just he's he's so so good, good. and he's such a like good person, and like he's such a yes. Like the character is so good, and like. I don't know what they'll do with the show, you know, there's been, like, all kinds of stuff, um, like, all kinds of theories, like, Starfleet Academy show, which I would watch, I mean, I would watch, it doesn't matter, but, like, (laughs) I think that's my point, it doesn't matter what they do, like, even if they make him this, like, kind of bitter, like, man who has, you know, has kind of lost faith in, like, Starfleet, like, I will be a little sad. Are they but gonna I'll, Luke
0: Skywalker him? Yeah, like
1: I'm like I'll still watch it because he'll come back eventually. Because yes, they know you know they're they know how valuable the character is and they know how important the character is. So yes. you know. Um. Yes. Okay. So that is one piece of Star Trek news. The other piece of Star Trek news is the Star Trek J.J. Abrams movie, which is um, if you're not familiar with the way the Star Trek universes work, there's two different universes now. There's the uh tv universe which is the regular universe that we all know um from the all the tv shows and the old movies and then there's the jj abrams verse also called the kelvin verse which is an alternate timeline so different universes um, star trek Fork, both chris pine who plays captain kirk and chris hemsworth who plays his father george kirk have walked away from negotiations so, the status of the movie is in limbo right now. We don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know if this is a stunt, or I don't know if that movie is not happening. Star Trek Three, Star Trek Beyond, I really, really enjoyed that movie, but it underperformed. So, um, I'm guessing they were offering a lower salary. Um... And yeah, Chris Hems There's, there's going to be some sort of time travel, obviously, because if you've seen the movies, Chris Hemsworth died in the first movie. That was like a big plot point um, to uh, save his uh-huh. like his newborn son. And so I don't really know. I don't know what they're going to do, but um, I do hope they figure it out because I do really enjoy the Abrams movies. I don't think they're. I think they're. I, I don't they're more Star Wars than Star Trek to me in my head, but I don't care. Like more Star Trek is yeah. like the way, like it's, it's very hard to have Star Trek exclusively as movies because so much of it happens in the moments in between. Like so much of what Mm -hmm. I love about the shows happens in the moments in between, which you don't really have time for in a movie. Um, But like the science and the, you know, like a lot of that. Um, But yeah, I hope that that's not the end of this the movie these movies because they're really good i, I really enjoy i, like it. I mean minus the, minus the second one minus the second one we're not talking about i'm um, not talking about into darkness you know. but.
0: i feel like they could recast though i feel like they could but i, I mean and
1: feel. and the rest yeah and the rest of the cast is signed on um oh. so they could i think i just make a spock movie i'd be fine with that i think everybody would be fine yeah, with that
0: Oh, because um, Ethan Peck just got cast. Yeah,
1: Ethan Peck got cast as Spock in the as um, Spock in the Discovery, right? The, yeah, because season two of Discovery is going to feature Spock. Um, or I think it's going to be more of a search for Spock type situation. I don't think we're going to see Spock until the end of the story arc. Um, and are you so, are you impressed that I that I knew I that? am impressed that you smiled when I said the search for Spock? Because um, <laughs> if you aren't if, if you aren't aware, of Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock is. Um, A a substandard Star Trek movie. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. I love that movie. Very few other people do, and I understand why. So we'll just leave it at that. Um. Anyway, yeah, they could recast. Um. Or they could just, you know. But I will say, Ethan Peck has a very Zachary Quinto looking face. He does. So I am very pleased with that kind of parallel. Because Zachary Quinto yeah. does not have a super Leonard Nimoy looking face. So it's really interesting that they're kind of going with the Zachary Quinto look than a Well, I'm Leonard not even Nimoy sure I could looks. think
0: of somebody that has like a Leonard yeah, Nimoy he's face. Yeah, so, like so distinct. Yeah. Oh. I'm like um, looking at our list. Yeah. Oh. So the last thing in the news portion that we wanted to discuss, and this is just to because it's such a rumor and it dropped two days ago. And it might not even be true, but... It might not even be true, but it got everybody really excited, myself included, is that Oscar Isaac supposedly had a meeting with Warner Brothers about the new Batman movie. It doesn't... No one knows what it was for. No, like... That's not to say...
1: That's not to say that he was... Because, like, I think the rumor that was going around that got debunked was that he was meeting to star in the Batman movie as Batman.
0: But we don't know what it is. I would kill for Oscar Isaac as Bruce Wayne at Batman. I mean, I would. I think that would be incredible It would be an amazing casting. Like, amazing. But
1: I don't... I don't know. We don't know that that's what it was. We don't know that this meeting even happened.
0: But... Um, but I do think that those these movies need as much help as they can get. I don't. I think we've talked on the show before where I think the biggest problem that DC movies tend to have is their they don't meet the potential of what they could be. Yeah, and that's what's so disappointing about mm-hmm. them. Like I think both. Um, I think casting Ben Affleck as
1: Bruce Wayne was a mistake. I think they should have gone with something. I actually really liked him as Bruce Wayne. I don't think he's bad in the role necessarily, but I think they should have gone with a more daring casting choice.
0: I agree. I it like, was very I don't think safe. he's wrong
1: for the role. I, I actually in Justice League, um, him in Justice like him as Bruce Wayne in Justice League was one of the few things I liked about that movie.
0: He's he's great in the Bruce Wayne role when they give him a chance to be Bruce Wayne. I haven't seen Justice League. I just watched this is based entirely off Batman vs. Um, Superman. He's
1: actually liked Justice League a lot more than Batman versus Superman. That's not to really? say I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Um, because, All you know, right. Joss Whedon went back in and, like, you know, recut and refilled right. the yeah. entire thing. So there's a lot of, like, there's there's a lot more humor in it, um, which sometimes feels forced. But there's also some jabs at some of the worst lines of BVS, which is, like, do you bleed? Uh, like there's some there's some there's some good jabs. It's it's not it's still not like it's still not. It wasn't my favorite movie. Like I'm sorry. I know like we like rag on these movies a lot, and there are people out there who like them. So I don't want to be like mean about it. No, but but, but there's like goodness in them. J- Jason Momoa's Aquaman was X. I loved. Like so excited for Aquaman. Like I mean, he was so so like, excited for I Aquaman. Just, I think I think what I liked about it is it took the focus off of. Bruce and like let like it it, it it gave like you know Ezra Miller as the Flash and mm-hmm. it, it gave, There has to be room for joy. Yeah. And there it gave it gave a little more um and I really liked how Ezra Miller played the Flash too it was very mm-hmm. different than like Grant Gustin in the TV show. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, it's worth it's worth watching if like you can find it on streaming. I wouldn't necessarily pay to watch it.
0: All right, noted. I will say that two things we didn't write down but came out of San Diego Comic-Con. One is the Aquaman trailer, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I have to say, I uh, it looks so camp I'm and so it. silly. I'm here But for I'm it. super here for it. And Asian-American director, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Jason Momoa leading, which is also super exciting. And it looks like he's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Right, like I feel like that's one of my favorite things when you can watch something. And you're like everyone is having an amazing time making this. Yes, I like agree. you can tell, right? When they just clearly like that joy comes across. Especially like you were saying, like right now the world is so intense and sometimes difficult yeah. to parse and pay attention to that. I just want to watch a lot of like goodness. Yes. And people being happy. Yeah, I agree. And Justice League is not necessarily that. So
1: like, I'm I'm sure every time I talk (laughs) Uh, uh, about a terrible movie that I don't think is that bad, I get like eight tweets from listeners being like, that movie was terrible. And I'm like, I'm not saying it's not terrible. (laughs) I'm not trying to say it's like good by any standard of the word good. But you forget how much I like Thor 2 The Dark World. My taste is really bad. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. So I went to LA for, I went to LA for this wedding for one of my best friends wedding and, um, the girl and like a couple of, I went a couple of weeks ago and, um, the girl on the way back, it's five and a half hour flight the way back. The only movie the girl had on the girl sitting next to me had on her phone was Thor to the Dark World. And so she just watched it on loop. Oh and I was God. like I was like, I like I like that movie better than any human, I think. And I could not do that. That's amazing. Like I was just like, oh of, no! Of all the movies, like why
0: would that be the only movie you have? I wonder if on she like meant phone. to download something else and accidentally just downloaded that one. Because I like looked over her shoulder and she was like three quarters done with it. And I look over her shoulder. I'm like, what movie is that? And I'm kind of like looking, and
1: I'm like, oh, Thor: The Dark World. She's watching the end of that. Ha ha! And then I like go back to my iPad and then I look over like ten minutes later and like. Or, like, you know, like, 20 minutes later, and it's, like, started, and, like, she's, like, at the scene where, like, Jane and, like, what's-his-name on, are on the date at the beginning of the movie. I'm, like, oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! This is the only movie she has on her phone! <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. Okay, that was my third of the dark world, like... Said, I, I, I know, that's meant- my favorite
0: thing. Sometimes I'll tell my brother when he asks me, like, if something's good, I'll be like, it's not good, but it's fun. Yeah, like, that's what,
1: like, so much of my stuff is like, no, it's not good, but like, and with Justice it's League, like, fun. I do try to give the DC movies a fair shake, because I actually do want that universe to do well and succeed. Yes! And so Justice League gets, it's it's like one step in the right direction, I'll say.
0: Oh my gosh, I don't... Did I talk about Ninja Batman on this podcast yet? No, I don't think so. Did we, did we talk about that? Because I watched that a couple of months ago. So, one thing that's so frustrating about the DC universe to me is that their animated universe is yeah. so good, yeah. right? There's so much quality stuff that comes out of animated DC shows. And I watched Ninja Batman... I don't think we've talked about this. Or Batman Batman Ninja? I don't remember. It is a Japanese film. It's, like, Japanese creators. I think it it was done in Japan and then dubbed in English. The basic premise is that Bruce Wayne and a bunch of other people have been sent back to feudal Japan. Like, the Joker is there. Catwoman is there. um, The talking gorilla Grog? I can't remember his name. He was there, like... All of these all of these characters have been sent back to feudal Japan. And it is the most bananas thing I have ever seen. My friend and I watched it, and we were, I was like, I wish it was 3 in the morning and that we were really drunk right now because I can't believe what we just sat through, and I feel like this would be amazing if it was 3 a.m. But because it's not, we just kind of sat there like, with our mouths open, staring at the screen because we couldn't believe what we were watching. Every time you think <laughs> it can't get weirder, it got weirder. Oh, my God. It was incredible. So There's you're saying... sequence... So I'm saying what? I was going to say, so you're saying when it's 3 a.m. and I'm awake with the baby, I should watch this watch movie. Watch this movie. Okay, okay. There is a sequence where a bunch of monkeys form into a giant, like, uh, golem thing. Mm-hmm. Like, to fight... Well, wow, whatever. They're fighting another big thing. And then they combine with a bunch of bats to create a massive Batman. <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> it's incredible. It's it is. Choice? It is not good, but it is really fun. And the animation is like outstanding. Of like course. some of the animation sequences are just breathtakingly beautiful but who oh boy it was a trip it was a trip and a half <laughs> um
1: okay so we we got some we, we have we have totally we left went our way agenda. okay okay so okay so this was Preeti's first time at sandy i've never been to san diego comic-con and this was Preeti's first time at san diego comic-con so yes tell us what it was like Whew.
0: It is a lot. Yeah. I did not spend a lot of time on the floor. I got very overwhelmed very quickly. Um, It is so many people. And the difference between New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con is at the convention center, period. Yeah. There might be some, like, parties or whatever at random bars or restaurants. There's sometimes panels at, like, you know, a few blocks away here and there. Yeah, like, but very minimal. Like, very, very minimal. The entire downtown San Diego like area is taken over by, oh, what do they? They were like experiences or events or something like that. can't remember what the word they used for them was, but literally like, there's a massive, like good place, interactive experience that you could go into. Or um, I think there was like a Jack Ryan thing, maybe. There were a bunch of like experiences that you don't even need a badge to get into, you can experience Comic-Con without going to Comic-Con, which is kind of cool, but it also meant that it was like... A ton of people. You can't escape it. Like, there was no getting away from it, which was a lot. Um, But I was on a panel, the Fake Geek Girl Fallacy, uh, with a bunch of other women authors talking about gatekeeping and what it's like being a woman in nerd culture and stuff, and so that was really, really fun. Um, uh, i did some interviews. It was it was a cool experience. I don't know that I would ever go if I wasn't paid to go. Yeah, cuz you went for work. I went for work. I don't I personally don't see the appeal of waiting in insanely long lines. Right. Um and, and add to that like the cross country ticket like The cross country ticket and it's pretty hot, you know, yeah. it's like in the middle of it's San Diego, but it's still in the middle of summer. Um, the best thing we did while we were the, be- the most exciting thing I did was I got to go to a Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, I was going to ask I was
1: gonna like, did you go to Taco Bell because <laughs> I sent her this email like, like a like a month or so before SCC about like a Demolition
0: Man themed Taco Bell. Yeah, so I guess I've never seen Demolition. I Man, haven't either. But there's like something that happens in Demolition Man called the Fast Food Wars. And Taco Bell won. So Taco Bell is, like, high dining in Demolition Man. So they set up. It's high dining now. It's high dining now. That's true. Um, (laughs) They set up, like, a Taco Bell. Like, it was, like, this really fancy dining experience. And, again, this was one that I covered so I was able to go for press. Because there were people who waited in line for that for four hours and didn't get in. Okay. So I would be, like. I like Taco Bell, but. I don't like it that much. I don't like anything that much. No um no but it was like super fancy all of the dishes were served in stainless steel there were like waiters wearing like really fancy costumes they were like futuristic tuxedos sort of it was really fun it was silly and fun was it like, like the same food or was the food dressed up the food was different so they we had like french fries with cheese that were called something else um these really gross like they had like it was like six chips six nacho chips on a stainless steel plate each nacho chip had a different little tiny dollop of something on oh, top of it. it so it was like that it was a crudite it was like it was not good I was like I really wish I could have just gotten a bean burrito and a Mexican pizza yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a fun and silly experience which I was like this was fun yeah. If I had to wait in line for like Twenty minutes, I would have done it. Uh, and
1: I'm guessing you had to pay for your food
0: after waiting. No, 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 no. Okay, free. So, okay, okay, okay. So you wait in line. You got you got a free three course meal. Oh, okay. Like uh, the the dessert was like cinnamon twists, but in like an aerated strawberry flan. It was really good, actually. It was really tasty. <laughs> I have a look on my face right now. I know. Um, yeah, a, a look but... of complete and utter disbelief. Like, oh, that's really, that's good?
1: Like, okay. Um, no, but, uh, well, at least it was free. Like, I'm not, I, I still wouldn't have waited four hours in line, but. Yes, it was totally free. Okay, by um, the way, by the way, though, <clears throat> a correction, because we say, I wouldn't wait in line for anything that long, but we waited in line for so that Star Wars panel for, like, how long? Right, that's not true. Star, yeah. Wars. We'll Star yes,
0: Wars, we'll wait in line for Star Wars. Yes, we'll wait in line for Star Wars. Um, But that came out of it And we'll link to this in the show notes I did get to interview E.K. Johnston about Padme Which was really cool Um, Went to I I only went to one or two panels I really spent the time running around meetings and interviews and that kind of stuff um but i think i prefer new york comic-con which a lot of people were like really yeah because
1: everybody tells me that they prefer san diego because it's a little more laid back than new york
0: new york just feels like it was so it's new york feels so much more manageable Mm -hmm. san diego i was like how can you do every like if you're in line for hall h that's it you're not doing anything else but hall h Those, the lines for that to get in to see, like, the previews and those panels were, it was like, I can't, it was, it was like Star Wars Celebration, but it almost felt like even more people. Mm -hmm. It probably was more people. It probably was more people. It's just too much for me. New York Comic Con, I, like, go to the Javits Center, then I leave the Javits Center, and it's done. Yeah, is it like, (laughs) is it
1: also like you, you just know New York well enough to know how to, like, navigate it, and you know the different pieces you want a to go to and what you True, don't.
0: there's also that. Like, I know where the secret bathroom is at the David Center, you know? Yep. Like... Although I didn't have an issue with bathrooms. The only, the biggest issue we had was one day when it was like, um, we were really hungry and we couldn't find anything to eat because there's so many people yeah. that there, you can't even
1: go to a restaurant. I was going to say, that's a nice thing about New York. You can walk like two blocks off Javits and find like yes. a restaurant that has and availability. And you can find
0: somewhere to eat. Um, oh, we also had the nerds of color party there. Yeah. Um, Cause there was a nerds of color anniversary, which was very fun. That was like, that was really cool. It was in a space that was all people of color um, and allies, and we we're just celebrating existing and existing in a space that traditionally doesn't always welcome us. So that was yeah, really fun. That's fun. That was nice. Um, but yeah, those are like the highlights, I guess. Uh, we talked about the big news that came out of it that we were excited about. Um, yeah, no, looking forward to New York Comic Con. Surprisingly. Yeah. Looking like looking forward to going to a con that I know how to. I was gonna say that is surprising because I feel like
1: we're always usually I'm like ugh. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm so glad I'm not going to Comic Con this year. It's a con for a year for me. I'm very happy about it. Wait till next year. I know. We'll
0: see. We'll see. I told I told someone that we should do a basic geek girls panel at Comic Con. No, I would love to do that. That I could come up for like a day for that
1: too would we'll have to see. stay for the whole yeah. thing so we'll see um okay let's talk about let's talk about Asian people <laughs> let's talk about Asian people this, let's talk about Asians Asian
0: Americans killing it right now killing it this has been a great month um for so many different aspects of for the most part, East Asian representation but mm-hmm. you know what is good for the group can be good for all of us yeah, I think Yeah, absolutely so Crazy Rich Asians I saw a couple of weeks ago and it was exactly what I wanted it to be, which was a fun romantic comedy that doesn't have to, like doesn't mean any more than what it was. Yes. You know, it's it's problematic because nothing is not problematic. Yep. But no more or no less than every other romantic comedy is. It's not. It's not a story about pain.
1: The pain of people of color. No. It's just a fun like. And and the response has just been overwhelming. It's not just Asian Americans who have loved this movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like anyone who loves rom coms, anyone who loves like, have attractive people (laughs) who's really enjoyed this movie. (laughs) And that's not to say everyone has liked it. And this has been a thing that has gone around. Um, It's not to say everyone has liked it for one reason or another. I mean, there are aspects of it that are problematic. Um, another issue is some people don't like romantic comedies, and that's okay. like you don't you don't have to you don't have to like you can acknowledge that this movie is a huge step forward for multiple reasons um, without actually like you can it is okay to say this movie is not for me, but I'm glad to see what it's doing for yes. my community
0: if you're Asian or this community if you're not. Like, there's, there's, um, you know, it's gotten a lot of... One thing that it's... The goal of this movie is not to represent Asian uh, people. No. It's to represent a very specific piece mm. of this ridiculously wealthy elite within the Asian community Yeah, in kind of a heightened and ridiculous way. Yeah. And so, for the most part, like, that's what it does. There was one scene in the movie that rubbed me the wrong way but not in any way that I would be like don't see this movie because of this one scene right. you know this movie isn't about South Asian people or whatever who also exist in big in a big way in Singapore yeah. and you know the other communities it was this family it was very much this family and this family's wealth and their connections right there's like one weird scene with some South Asian guards that made me very uncomfortable that yeah. I was like you know could have done without that um but at the end of the day i'm glad that this movie is making money and it's proving that not only will it, well it's proving that asian people will come to the audience like yeah it proves that not only asian people but non-white audiences in general i think made up 62 or something of the opening weekend yep for this movie which exceeded expectations by so much like i think that's so important to to show that we'll support our own community, but also that there is disposable income to be spent by non-white mu- like moviegoers. Yeah. And I think also, like,
1: this movie has been compared to Black Panther so much, and mm-hmm. and, and it's not a comparison that should be made, to be frank, um, because there's it's just two very different stories, two very different films, two very different narratives that they present, um, mm-hmm. and two very different interactions between the movie and the community. Um, both yes. Both, of course, very successful, but there is, a, but um, I, I, so I don't like that comparison, but it is, mm-hmm. there is something to be said that Crazy Rich Ages did not have the Marvel machine behind it and is still doing so well. Like, if you look at the, if you look at the, like, the numbers, like, in terms of box office gross, like, of course Black Panther did, like, Five times, you know what I mean. Like, of course, like Black it's Panther, it's a Marvel it's movie. A movie. Like, it does. But the fact that, like, if you need to compare Crazy Rich Asians, not to other movies about people of color, because that's not the way we should be comparing so movies. That's not a ba- Yeah, that's not a basis to compare movies. Like, oh, this movie features one community, and this movie features another, and they're completely different movies in c- different genres and a different. That's. Uh, and, like, just, just the, like, the content, like, in terms mm-hmm. of the stories they tell are so different. Um, yep. Um, like, but the fact, compared
0: to other rom-coms, and if you look at the rom- those numbers, it's amazing. It did. It's the first rom-com since um, a rom-com starring, I think it was a black actress, I believe, to do more than $30 million at the box office. Mm-hmm. Which is that's great, yeah. And there
1: in, was very in, little drop off between like between yes, weeks six, one and two, like six percent or something, yeah, which, which is, is also
0: unheard of, yeah. Which means the word of mouth is great, is doing well, and so because you have Crazy Rich Asians, then of course also to all the boys I've loved before on yeah, Netflix, Netflix. Um, which is based on a YA novel written by Jenny Han um, about a Korean American girl who it's like another romantic comedy, yeah. but it's it's. How Crazy Rich Asians is to the proposal um, to all the boys I loved before is to ten things I hate about you.
1: And with to all the boys I loved before, um, I've I was a little worried when it went straight to Netflix instead of going to theaters. Mm-hmm. But now I think that that accessibility has made it a lot more popular than maybe yes, it would I have agree.
0: Been in theaters, and apparently this was the only the production company that. Um, Jenny Han went with was the only production company that was willing to keep the lead Asian American and not have it be whitewashed. Oh, my God. So we got what we got out of, I mean, it's it's so fun and silly and, like, young love and, you know, Lana Candor, Candor Condor, Condor, and uh, Noah Centineo, Condor, um, both of them were just so cute. And, like, it's such a sweet Story. I watched it twice. It was like I love this
1: so much. So, well, speaking of um, going back to cra- the Crazy Rich Asians, really quick. Apparently, Kevin Kwan gave basically did not get paid for movie rights in exchange to be able to keep some creative control because they wanted really they wanted to. He like he sold the movie rights for like oh, a yeah. dollar because they wanted to. Um, they wanted to make the main character a white woman. They wanted
0: to make Rachel White. I I yeah. forgot. I did read that. Which is Um, unreal, because Constance was Like, but not surprising. But because of the success of these things, and even something like Searching, the new John Cho movie, which is so exciting, um, which made... What is that supposed to be about? I don't know much about it. I know
1: it's like a thriller a little bit.
0: Yeah, so Searching is about this guy whose daughter goes missing, and um, he is trying to piece together based on her social and internet searches and that kind of thing what happened to her and so it's told entirely through the screen okay and it's like i haven't watched it yet um it's i'm not a huge thriller person like i'm gonna support this movie because we watch it because i am a huge i mean i would watch it uh, yeah it's i'm a huge thriller person. (laughs) i feel like you'll like it like i'll go and be like that was great for what it is is, because I don't, I don't like feeling like that. And then I want to watch it. Like, (laughs) um, but it did, it's only opened at nine, nine cities so far, I believe. And it did really, really well for the limited release. And so people are really excited about the, um, big release happening in next week, I think, or this week, I can't remember. Um, but there have all already, there have been news of, projects starring Asian Americans that have been greenlit in the last two weeks because of the success of these stories. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's important about them. Like, yeah, obviously if you have a deep issue with the way something was presented, no one is going to tell you to go see it. Like you don't, no one should watch something that makes them uncomfortable or is going to hurt them. Like that is not what the case is, but the positives to come out of this is that more yeah. will be greenlit, and more is better. I think like that
1: idea isn't the end goal. Isn't crazy rich Asians like that's just right. the that's the first step, right? And
0: like that, this is, that this, this is
1: going to open the doors to a lot of and different East Asian, Southeast Asian, South Asian, a lot of yes. new
0: kinds of representation, like. I can't even fathom what I would have done if there was a cast a movie that came out that is full South Asian cast. Um, like
1: speaking of, I this just occurred to me, this isn't on the thing, but can you talk a little bit?
0: You watched Sacred Games on Netflix, right? Oh yes, I did. Okay. I watched Well, I've seen the first the I've seen a little bit of it. Okay. And it's, can you talk? So Sacred Sacred Games is a Whew, speaking of thriller... Yeah, that's why uh, I like, every... want to watch it, so I'm, like, talk to me about it. Tell me, tell me. Sacred Games is a Netflix-produced show, or uh, distributed at least. I'm not sure if they're yeah. the original producers. Um, that is their first major kind of prestige drama that is set in India mm-hmm. and is uh, in Hindi, like, subtitled, and it's so dark but so good so in the first episode you have this um kind of upstanding police officer who is played by Saif Ali Khan who is a very very famous Bollywood actor and he does a really good job you know Bollywood has a lot of overacting in it for what it is which is everything is over the top every movie has every genre in it like you know everything is comedy drama tragedy romance like everything right But he really does a good job of, like, kind of grounding himself in this role where he plays a police officer who wants to be a good guy but is in a very corrupt um, station. And, you know, there's a lot of corruption happening. And he gets pulled into this drama sort of with a... uh, Uh, mafia, the equivalent of like a mafia boss. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't really know what's happening, but they have this sort of game of cat and mouse a little bit in this first episode where the mafia boss is pulling the officer in with like, I knew your father, and this is what's happening. And you know that the mafia boss has just killed a woman in his apartment. And you don't, they just give you clues as to how they're connected. And the acting is really good. It's like, it's, it's, if you like, uh well-acted prestige, like intense like, crime drama, crime drama. Like, mm-hmm. this is something you should pick up. It's oh.
1: really, really, really well and done. It's just it's available for streaming on Netflix, right?
0: Yeah, it's all on Netflix. They've done very little promotion for it. Yeah, I, don't I didn't even know it was
1: out until I saw you
0: talking about it. And I was like, I need to yeah.
1: ask her about that. And then I kept forgetting.
0: I know GQ yeah. has written about it now, um, which is great, because I think it deserves to be seen mm-hmm. so sacred games like 100 percent. look it up if you have netflix watch it tweet about it talk about it like get your friends to watch yes. it. yes
1: and if you've seen it and um uh want to you know tweet at us about it like please do i haven't seen it yet previously seen the first episode but like definitely let us know if you've watched it and if you liked it yeah um okay going back to our asian american versus south
0: asian you know Yes. Yeah, so uh, very, very last thing is Remy He, who is in Crazy Rich Asians, just got cast in the new Spider-Man movie, like Far From Home, which that title dropped in the last couple weeks, too. They
1: make these—I feel like they make these Spider-Man movies for you. Like, they I mean, do make
0: these Spider-Man movies for me! It's just everything I
1: find out about Spider-Man movies, it's like, oh, that's for Preeti.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope it—I I, I don't—we'll I, we'll save the conjecture as to what Spider-Man Far From Home could be about, yeah. Um, for another episode because I could go on and on and on um, but it's dropping July 2019 we know mm-hmm. and Remy Heath from Crazy Rich Asians has been cast and that is very exciting that is very exciting
1: um, okay so we're going to do a quick bit on Infinity War just because um, we got a question back in April um, that I didn't see until like last month um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops um, on basically Doctor Strange. Okay, so this is a Infinity... Uh, so I don't think really the movie's out now for streaming and for purchase, Like, so I don't think we need to do sp- like spoiler time stamps. But um, basically asking the decision that Doctor Strange made to hand over the um, Time Stone to Thanos, which Preethi and I both remarked is just very weird... Well, clearly there was more going on there, and he had seen yes. something in his vision because we didn't it didn't make sense otherwise. Um, the key to winning is handing over the stone to Thanos at that time, um, versus mm-hmm. res- trying to resist longer. So so someone asked if we thought that maybe it was that Tony needed to be alive because he had to sacrifice himself at a certain time to. Um. I think I mean that's possible. I think. From what we know right now of Avengers 4, there's going to be time travel involved. Um, We're not, we know, we suspect, because there has been um, some, there have been filming scenes from what looked like the Battle of New York, except Ant-Man's there. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they've been filming, they've been filming scenes. Thor has long hair again. What? So... And it doesn't seem like they're trying to, like, they're not trying to hide this. So, like, like they're not trying to be, like, super coy about it. Um, so I think time travel will be involved. So, yeah, that is absolutely possible that Tony needed to stay alive for 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 that. Um, another theory, I've, because I've, I've watched this movie twice since it's come out, and I actually like it better upon rewatching. I will say, because I know to prepare myself for the fact that it, I only get to see the first two acts of a movie. Um um, there was another, there's another, like that it has to be about, we don't, Cap says over and over to, um, to Vision that like we don't trade people. We don't yeah. sacrifice our own people t- just for a goal. But that's what Thanos does over and over again to get the stones. And we know the stones have a will of their own. So there's some sort of theory that like w- the heroes have to act in a way that is not self serving and they can't, you know, like the lives are more important than the stones. And so mm-hmm. if Doctor Strange had resisted um, and let Tony and Peter die, then um, he would have been trading lives for the stone. And so that's another theory. I'm not really sure. I don't, I have no, like, Avengers 4 is one of those things, like, I, there's enough information to start putting together a kind of there to put together some sort of picture of how it'll go but i have no idea how those pieces align or and i'm fine not knowing honestly that's a movie i'm fine just like going in and being like all right let's see how you wrap this thing up
0: i just don't know if i think tony stark would the question was about sacrifice
1: yeah or or if he needs to die at or at the right time
0: i think that i think that he Tony's will retire, retire and i think cap will die. Yeah, i agree. I don't think What Tony's i want though is for tony to die and cap to become old man cap. Yeah. I agree. I would love <laughs> to see whatever. cap as old man cap. I would love cap as old man cap. Um i would love to
1: see that, but i think Chris Evans has made it pretty clear he's done.
0: Yep. He no longer That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Um more to come on Infinity War when it comes out next year. Or the, yeah, the second one, the whatever. We don't even know the
1: title yet, do we? If we understand. don't. We and don't then someone know the was title. pointing out that, like, we haven't seen any images from the Captain Marvel movie yet, which is weird. And I'm like, I still, weird. I still don't think they're making it. <laughs> okay, so it's like you guys don't know, like, Preeti and I were convinced for like four, because it took so long for this movie to come to development. And it kept getting delayed, delayed. And Preeti and I were just convinced that this movie was never going to get made, and we just yep. kept like telling people who were like, "Oh, when's that movie coming out?" And we're like, "Never." They're
0: like they're not making it.
1: Never. They're never <laughs> making that movie. And so, still, like I, I, I'm still convinced they're never making
0: this movie, even though it's supposed to come out in February. It's weird. It's weird yeah. that we haven't seen anything. Yeah, it is. Well, I weird. don't know. Maybe they'll. Maybe there'll be a trailer with. Maybe we'll get a trailer at Aquaman. Maybe we'll get a trailer with, with, um, with Spider-Man. No, because like Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse.
1: Oh, Into the Spider-Verse. I into, was like, the, into the Spider-Verse. I was like, Spider-Man's coming out after.
0: Um, yeah, no, no, no. Into the Spider-Verse, which looks amazing. Yeah, because we don't Who have knows? more Marvel
1: movies coming out this year, do we? And there's no, no. There's no Star Wars movies coming out this year that they can. No.
0: Actually, I don't know what the big movie is going to be in December. Yeah, I don't either. Um, It's going to be weird. Okay,
1: and then there's one more. Sorry to Bother You, that's yours.
0: I wanted to mention Sorry to Bother You because I think it is... It's so hard to talk about. Uh And I really just want to mention it because I want people to go see it because I think it's a movie that should be talked about. It is one of the best, like, um, anti-capitalist, thought-provoking, and just truly new like new it's a new story Mm -hmm. it's unlike anything I've ever seen or read and that is so rare in this day and age I've seen a lot of people talking about it but I have no idea what it's about and I think that's deliberate it's very deliberate it is on the surface very much about this guy um played by Lakeith Stanfield who is amazing in the role who gets a job at like a telemarketing firm and has to use his white voice which is voiced by David Cross. That's interesting. And that's the, Yeah, that's the only way he can get keep like people to stay on the phone. Uh and him moving up in this sort of uh business while his friends are trying to strike and form a union for better pay and better benefits. Um it's absurd. It's it's like very absurdist comedy. Um, And it's, like I said, it's hard to talk about because go in blind. Don't read anything about it. Mm -hmm. Don't look anything up. Just go and see the movie if it is playing and just experience it. Because I'm so glad I didn't know anything going into this movie. Like, I'm so glad I went, I I went and like my jaw dropped and I like out loud in the middle movie was like, what? (laughs) Like, I cannot oversell this. Like, go see it, and then please write to us. Mm-hmm. But put something so something doesn't. Read. I was gonna say write
1: to Preeti, because uh, to I me. haven't seen it.
0: Um. <laughs> you can you can at me on Twitter if you've seen it and we can discuss it because it's it's so good and so strange. And again, not not problematic because the the Tessa Thompson's character could have been better fleshed out, and there could have been like. There should have been a stronger female voice in the narrative, but the movie is just so different. It's like you'll... That's all I can say about it, is that it's its so rare to experience something where, like, you literally cannot guess where it's going. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And so that's that. Yeah. Okay. Wow, you guys, you made it through, like, a lot.
1: Of, if you're still listening, like you made it through a lot of I know, of, like, and really there's still just, like, stuff. very...
0: Very quick thing. Yeah, to but now
1: we're at the what we love right now section. So, Pretty, yes. what do you love right now?
0: Oh my gosh. So, right now I am all Harry Potter all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm reading the books right now. I'm rereading them back to back, which I've not done. I started on, I started Wait, you've two weeks ago. you never done that? Huh? You've never done back-to-back? that back to back? No. Oh my God. Like I used literally. To do- Oh,
1: I was going to say, I used to do it once a year. I, I, every, I just, like this this I year can't. I haven't, but every other year I've done, I've done them back to back once a year all the way through.
0: I've never done it because I work. So because I have to read for work so much, it always gets interrupted by something else. Yeah. There's definitely stuff I should be reading for work right now. Yeah. But I'm home, I've am home. i been home for a couple of weeks. Um, and so two weeks ago I started reading. I picked up the first one and now I'm on book six. And it has been such a trip that all I want to do is, like, read these books. I also just saw The Cursed Child on Broadway All right, um, about three weeks ago. We bought tickets last year. Literally, we bought tickets, like, October 2017 and our tickets were for August 2018. And it was out. It was just... I know the play is worth seeing because the way they do magic on stage is so cool. And, like at times, so scary. Um, if it's, I know it's expensive and it's hard to get to, but if you are able, I highly, highly recommend going. Even if you just see part two, like there's cool stuff in part one, but part two, there is just, some of the stuff they do is just so interesting. Um, I also saw Moulin Rouge on, on stage recently. They're doing previews in Boston before it comes to... New York and it was so good I
1: we talked about this we're, I, we're both big Moulin Rouge stands, so like oh my gosh I'm so jealous
0: oh my gosh like Aaron uh Aaron Tveit is playing Christian and uh, Karen Olivio of in the Heights fame is playing Satine and they updated God. the music so there is this sequence that is like um it was toxic from Britney Spears bad romance the eurythmics And uh, something else that I can't remember, but it's, like, this dark, dark sequence that's, like, sort of taking over the Roxanne one, but they still have Roxanne. It's, I, it was so fun. Like, at the end, it ended with the entire theater singing along to, um, (laughs) Heya by Outgast. Like, everyone in the audience, like, everyone on stage, they're pulling, like, the streamer things to explode under the audience. I can't wait for it to come to Broadway so I can see it again. It was such a blast. And, like, they updated the story so it's not as, like, you know, when you rewatch the spectacular, spectacular scene now, you're like,
1: The Indian, like, the the white Maharaja and the, the, yeah, and the white Indian...
0: A little a little, like, not great. So they updated that, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, I'll be interested to see how they change it, because there are some things that clearly didn't work. Uh, instead of the One Day I'll Fly Away song, they have Satine singing um, Firework by Katy Perry. Which makes no sense. It was not great. I'm hoping they'll fix that. Um, and so speaking of, I feel like right now I'm very focused on, like, romance that's fine. So I also read The Love Quotient, which is a romance novel that just got picked up. I it just got optioned, I believe. And if you like romance, it's about this its own voice, and it's about this girl who has um, she has Asperger's. She's on the spectrum, and she wants to learn how to be good at sex. <laughs> And so she hires an escort. Oh my god. Who is this? This sounds <laughs> hilarious. It's amazing. He's like this really hot Asian guy. And then they end up falling in love. Aww. And she's like really like a numbers person. She's very into like um seeing the connections between all of these different kinds of numbers in her job, and she's really good at it. And so that hence the love quotient is she's like trying to make it an equation. It's so Aww. good. Who's it by? It's Ooh, that is a good question. I like Sorry, now I'm like, I kind of want to read this. It was really, really cute and, like, really funny. Helen Wong. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was really, really fun. If you like romance, like, you'll enjoy it. Okay, I'm going to – we'll come back to the other things mm-hmm. I had listed the next episode. Cool. Um, okay, so mine go. are, okay, so like, I mean, cycling, it's summer,
1: I'm always watching cycling. So right now, the, the Vuelta a España just started, which is, um, the, there are three grand tours that are 21 days long, a Giro d'Italia is the tour of Italy, tour de France, and then now Vuelta a España, so the tour of Spain. Not much to say, we're still at beginning of the tour, but just wanted to mention that that's what I'm doing, doing a lot of, like, cycling, <laughs> watching, and knitting, which is really good because like my attention span is not great and like i'm always tired so it's like really like good like kind of mindless activity um as far as reading i really and just i finished like last week and really enjoyed this new book a spark of white fire by sungu mandana um sangu is a south asian author um, And she had previously written a YA book called The Lost Girl, which is sort of, it was like sort of a sci-fi book. So, But this is like pure like space opera sci-fi that's kind of based on the Mahabharata, which is a um, famous uh, famous Hindu epic. Um, And it's just really well done. Like I really enjoyed it. It was a really fast read. um, And I love space operas these days. And one of my big... Irks, I guess you could say, with um, the state of like YA is doing a lot better than adult in terms of um, diversifying its um, just diverse, just diversifying its authors generally. But so much of um, YA science fiction and fantasy is on the s- fantasy side. Like, you see so mm-hmm. many South Asian fantasy authors. And there isn't a lot. Like, sci-fi needs to catch up. So I really was so happy to read, like, a space opera because I love space operas. I
0: can't wait to read this one. It's really
1: good. It comes out November 4th, or sorry, September 4th, um, so next Tuesday. And I just really liked it. I really highly recommend it. Um, it's the first in a duology, so just be warned for those of you who don't like, um, you know, picking up a book when you don't know it's part of a, you know, series. And then finally, I'm watching, I just started Castle Rock, which is the new J.J. Abrams, Stephen King show um, on Hulu. And I am a weenie. And so I was really worried about this show, but I, lo- I, I am a J.J. Ab- I do love J.J. Abrams and I tend to follow him, you know, kind of follow whatever he's doing. I am glad to say that so far, just the first episode, it's no scarier than Lost was, which Lost was scary. Lost was scary, but it was really creepy and it was really weird, but it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh my god, there's like an insane clown coming to murder you, type scary. So I can deal with it. Like it's creepy so far, but it's it's there's only there was only one real like scary like thing jumping out at you from the dark moment, which Lost definitely had those and I was able to deal with those. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm enjoying it so far. The main character, which I did not realize before I started was a, is a person of color. Um, I don't know the actor, but I was really just, I just didn't expect that given Stephen King. Um, and so I'm really happy. I was just, that was kind of like an, I was like, oh, nice surprise. Like, oh, dude's not white cool um but he lives in like a very white main town and so like they make like and he's adopted by white parents and um they do make some references to that in the first episode like his mom is clearly suffering from some sort of dementia and is like doesn't recognize him and she's like oh i'm not judging you i have a black i adopted a black son and it's just it's just like really it's a very subtle commentary but it was really interesting. Like it was mm-hmm. I I was interest I thought it was interesting cuz it would be very easy um not to address it at all. Right. And they they're not taking it doesn't seem like anyway, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the that aspect of it isn't problematic or anything like that. Just that was interesting to me um added an interesting layer to what is other all, already a very interesting show, so
0: Alright, I was worried about how scary it would be. Like, the trailer was scary. Oh, the trailer was and super so, scary. And right, like, and so then I didn't watch it. But now yeah. maybe I will. I'm a, I'm a total weenie, and so... Yeah, same. I, I,
1: I, it's no scarier than Lost, so far. Okay. From the first episode. Lost had a really scary Lost. Moment. Lost did have very yeah. scary moments, but, but like, Lost, those I could handle. No, no scarier than Lost or, like, season two of Stranger Things. Okay. So, don't watch right. it in the dark, but... <laughs> generally it's it's not so far it hasn't been super of course i'm only one episode in so
0: maybe i'll let you get further and then i'll make yeah my we're gonna keep watching
1: it because yeah like i had to like convince ryan to watch it but now he's into it and so <laughs> um okay So we're part of the, um, Nerds of Color podcast network, the Hard Knock Life. Um, you, we actually, there's a nice new, um, website that Keith Chow, our, our fearless leader has put together. It's really nice looking and you can find all of the podcasts in our family, um, at hardknockmedia.com. That's N-O-C. So hardknockmedia.com. And we'll put a link in the show notes.
0: And of course, we want to say thank you to all of you who continue to support us on Patreon. Thank you to Fazia and Meredith Smith at the $10 level, and Jerome, Sylvia, Martha, Brandy, Rahul, GeekheartGames.com, Jordan, Ani, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, Gayathri, Maya, and the Knot family at the $5 level. We very much appreciate your support. Yes, we do. Very, very much. Um,
1: uh, you, you can uh, and find, you can us, find on, us
0: on Twitter at Basic Geek Girls. <laughs> Preeti is at Run with Skizzers. Yep. Yeah, and Sona is at A- Ask Krishna.
1: And um, rate us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, I guess it is now. We should probably upgrade, update that part of the script um, because we are told it helps people find the show. Um, so hopefully
0: it does. Yep. Yeah,
1: because we keep asking you to do it. So
0: um and i guess that's it so until next time we'll see you in hell. We'll see you in hell. <laughs>